So today we're going to talk about three things, three things that are vital to our Christian lives. There are a lot more than three things, obviously, but we're going to talk about three of them today. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit or fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So here we have it. Grace, the love of God, and communion with the Holy Spirit. So first we're going to talk about grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift. It is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. So by grace, the gift, the gift of God's grace, through faith in Christ, we are saved. We are born again. We are believers in Christ. So grace, God's grace, whenever I say grace, I'm talking about God's grace. So grace takes the sinner and turns the sinner into a son or daughter of God. If you are saved, you are a son and daughter of God. Grace gives us God's righteousness through Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Grace takes what was not beautiful before you're saved, right? not beautiful, and turns it into ultimate beauty. That's you. Grace takes what was unworthy and makes it worthy. God's grace gives someone what they did not earn and what they do not deserve. Grace qualifies you and qualifies me for what we could never qualify for on our own. Grace is a gift that we receive because we finally understand what has been done for us through Christ and in us through Jesus and his finished work on the cross. Okay? So, you can be saved. You can have been saved through the grace of God by faith, right? But it doesn't always mean that you totally understand his grace for you. The fullness that he has for you. You understand that? So today when I talk, I'm not talking about the fact that you're not saved just because maybe you don't fully understand the grace that's been given you. We're going to understand that today. We have to receive the grace and then grow in that grace through our faith to understand that it's a free gift that we could never earn, and yet it's ours. It belongs to the believer, the grace of God. So when we understand that, when we truly understand what grace has done in us and for us, we can truly enter into worship. Freedom in worship, in spirit and in truth. 
Grace, God's grace, is not about us getting something. Okay, get this. I want you to listen. Grace, even though you, you receive a tremendous gift when you receive his grace, but it's not about us getting something. It's about us seeing. It's about us seeing and absorbing who we really are in God and what has been given to us. Okay? So we're going to define grace. And unfortunately, pretty much the only thing we learn in church, the only thing that church teaches is that grace is getting what we don't deserve. Okay? But it goes a lot further than that. There's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more that grace is than that. And in David Cho's book, it's probably the best explanation of grace that I've read. The Holy Spirit, my senior partner, he explains that in the original Greek, grace was the ultimate in beauty. Okay, now, I know you haven't heard that except when I've preached it before. Maybe you've heard it somewhere else, I don't know. But I really want you to focus on what it is, and I want you to absorb what it is. Grace, your free gift, the ultimate in beauty. The ultimate in beauty. Okay? So when the Greeks saw something of beauty, they, they saw the beauty in something, and it brought joy. Okay? They look at the beauty, and it brings joy. And it was said to be full of grace. They see the beauty, it brings joy. And they said it was full of grace. So God sees your beauty. You need to see your beauty. That's where we're going today. When you see your beauty through his grace, it brings him joy. It brings him joy that you see your beauty through his grace in you, for you. It brings him joy. Through God's grace, we, we see his beauty, right? And through God's grace, we understand how beautiful we are to him, how he sees us. Beautiful. Okay, secondly, grace was favor. Goodwill given out, overflowing, unconditional love with no expectation of return. See that? How many of you know someone that, that when they love you, there's nothing, or do something for you, there's no expectation of return? Does anybody know anyone that way? Yeah. <laughs> Who would that be? <laughs> Jesus, right? God's beauty poured out on us. Unmerited favor. Thirdly, Please understand this definition. Grace referred to a praiseworthy work exhibiting virtue 
far beyond the common. That's how God sees you. You are a praiseworthy work exhibiting virtue far beyond the common. Do not walk around thinking that you are common. You are not common. You are not common. You are extraordinary. You are an extraordinary creation. And for you to own that is not arrogance. It is trusting in Jesus. It is accepting what Jesus has done for you. It is appreciating Jesus and all that he went through to make you who you are. A praiseworthy work. Exhibiting virtue far beyond the common. That's you. That's how the heart of God sees you. It's how we need to see ourselves. It's how we need to see one another. Do you know if we all saw one another that way, judgment would completely end? Not judgment of sin, I'm not saying that. But personal judgment wouldn't even exist. So God has superabounded to overflowing his grace superabounded to overflowing his grace on every believer. And through it, through that grace, we see his ultimate, far above beauty, his unconditional love, his favor upon us, and that because of his grace, we have been established in Christ. That means you're established in the finished work. That means you're established already in everything Jesus went to the cross to do. Established. And then we see our beauty to him. When we understand that, we see our beauty to him, to the Father. Too many people, and I'm not confessing this over any of you, but there are some people in the world that won't receive God's grace. They're believers, but they really don't understand how to receive God's grace. There's always this striving to be better, to do more, to be more worthy. You can't be more worthy than the blood of Jesus has already made you. God sees you through the blood. Okay? So too many people won't receive God's grace, and so they live with tormented souls. And they don't have to. They live with doubts. They live with these fears, feelings that they can never measure up, feeling that they've always messed it up. And so the thing is, when you see yourself established in him, you will no longer disqualify yourself from his presence. His presence is here. His grace has given you his presence. And you don't need to disqualify yourself from it. Every time you make a mistake, his blood 
has accomplished it for you. You do not need to redefine your relationship with him based on every single weakness or fault or mistake or sin. Don't need to do that. Every time you make a mistake, he does not redefine you by that mistake. He doesn't do that. People do that. And we don't need to do that. When you understand his true grace for you, you will understand that you'll stop seeing your sins or your mistakes or your missteps as making you unworthy or unrighteous. See, you you won't redefine yourself as unworthy or unrighteous. See what I'm saying? You know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Right? You know that. But you will then see every mistake or every sin as an opportunity, rather than disqualifying yourself, you're going to see those as opportunities to run to him, to run into his bosom, to run back to him, to just repent, run to him, and be saturated in the love that he has for you. His love for you doesn't change when you make a mistake, okay? That's how good he is. You will run to him in repentance, you will receive your forgiveness, and you will worship him all the more, understanding what's been done for you. Understanding the the place where grace establishes you. You understand that? Grace is not, you know how people say, well, it's like, um, it got the the rug got pulled out from under my feet. See, grace is not like that when you make a mistake or you sin or whatever. God doesn't come and pull the rug out from under your feet and say, ah, no more grace. Doesn't do that. His grace in your life is established when you are a believer. Now we just need to understand what's been given and what we really walk in. Okay, secondly, love. The love of the Father. Every need, listen, every need, every need, every hurt, every wanting in your soul, every supposed lack that you think you have or every supposed weakness that you think you have will never be satisfied by anything at all in this world. Never. There is, frankly, no (coughs) satisfaction in the things of this world because that's not how God created your spirit. Does that make sense? There is no hole in a person's soul. We're talking about people's souls. There's no hole in a person's soul that will ever be satisfied by another person's affirmation or love. Those are nice things to receive, but it's not going to satisfy that original longing that God has put in our souls 
that only he can satisfy. That's why we spend so much time in this church talking about how God loves you and that you need to understand that God loves you. No amount of another person's adoration or acclaim will fill the void the created. There's a spot created that's meant only for God. You know, he wouldn't be a just God if he didn't put in you a heart to want to know him. See that? So no amount of another's adoration, another's acclaim, will ever fill the void in the human soul. And God ha- has designed that hole only for his handprint. For his handprint and for his heart to mark and to shape. Does that make sense? There is a hole in every soul that cries out for God. The love of God. And it can only be filled by the love of God. Only. Nothing else. No hole in a person's soul will ever... I'm saying hole, okay, but that's that spot that's God created. Are you getting what I'm saying when I use that terminology? Okay. I'm not saying this is permanent because once you connect with Jesus and receive his love, it's a whole new ballgame. Okay? So no hole in a person's soul will ever be satisfied by any resources on this earth. Anything in this world that we think we need. Never. Never will there come satisfaction. There's not enough money in this world to fill any hole in a person's soul. There's no prominence. There's no esteem. There's no validation from any other person that will fill that spot. There are not enough toys. There are not enough cars. There are not enough houses. There are not enough really fun vacation trips to fill that hole. Those things are are wonderful, and God gives us all things to enjoy. So I'm not preaching against those things, but they only have a certain spot in our lives. And it's not the spot that God put in our hearts that needs to know him, that needs to receive his love and will only be satisfied and we will only be fulfilled when we receive that love, when we understand how much and in what manner God loves us. Okay? None of our works will ever satisfy that whole. You can work until you are dead dog tired. You can work until you feel like you have run yourself into the ground. And a lot of people do that. And that's all striving after. Even if it's good works. Even if it's doing something for your neighbor. Even if it's doing something for your church. Even if it's taking meals to people. Even if it's visiting people in the hospital. And those are all great things, but those are extensions of our faith. Which is different. So none of the works will satisfy that empty space that God has designed only for his his love. 
toward you to fill. We must know, truly understand, the breadth, the depth, the width, the height, the length, whatever, of God's love. Do you, do you know, have you ever really thought about the fact that um, he talks in four dimensions? See, we, we think in three dimensions, don't we? He names four. Because there is a breadth. There is a breadth that we need to understand. It's not just width, depth, and height. There's an overall breadth that we need to understand beyond those three dimensions. So every need that you have ultimately is only to point you back to the love of God. That's every need. That's its purpose. Not that God gives lack or things like that. I'm not saying that. But when you have a need, it's to point you to the love of God. Only God's love quenches soul need. Only his love quenches soul need. You cannot do anything to earn his love, and you cannot do anything to make him stop loving you. No matter what. No matter what. Romans 8:38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to be totally honest with me for a second. How many of you, when you make a mistake, feel that you have separated yourself from the love of God when you commit a sin. One honest person, two honest people, a few honest people, I'm sorry, every single one of you has felt that way. I goofed up, I have separated myself from the love of God. Well, you're living a lie. That's really honestly what it comes down to. Because his love is bigger than your understanding. His love is greater than anything you'll... Well, I shouldn't say that, because by the Spirit, he speaks to us spirit to spirit. So we can understand his love. But in our mental capacities, we all have taken that step where we've made a mistake and we feel that we have separated ourselves from his love. Communion and love are two different things. We, God never walks away from us. We might walk away. We might go the other way. He never, he never withdraws, and he never stops loving. Period. So, and that, that is really how good God is. Think about that. Think about how good God is. He loves even those who never acknowledge him. Even those who, who never give him the time of day, he loves them all the same. He loves you not because of who you are, he loves you because of who he is. 
and he cannot deny himself, and he is love. He doesn't just have love, he is love. He loves you unconditionally, he loves you without reservation, because you are his creation. He created you, you are the work of his hands, you are the work of his heart. He created you. He wants you. He created you with your very own special design. You have a very special design that your Father made just you that way. And we need to celebrate that. (coughs) Not figure out how everybody else is different than we are and, and critique that. We need to celebrate the uniqueness that he has given each and every one of us. We need to celebrate the uniqueness that he's given us and quit being critical of ourselves. You bring beauty, ultimate beauty, you bring beauty to this earth. He has made you a praiseworthy work exhibiting virtue far exceeding the common. If you think you're common, you're not common. You need to get that out of your head. That's stinking thinking. You bring to others in this life something that is totally extraordinary. And a wonderful gift that you can give the Lord is to believe that about yourself, to recognize that about yourself. And to quit pondering on others' rejection. That's just because they don't, they're not looking at Holy Spirit. They're looking, you know, they're not looking through the eyes of Holy Spirit. They're looking through the eyes of a world that's very, very uh, deceived. Okay? So you do, you honor God when you recognize the beauty that he has created in you. We just get to receive his love. All we have to do to let the extraordinary flow is just receive his love. Receive his love. Hallelujah. When you receive his love, you will be satisfied and you will be fruitful. When you receive his love, you will be satisfied and you will be fruitful in the love of God. And one of the most magnificent ways to open our spirits to the impouring of that liquid love that he has for us, that all-encompassing love that he has for us is to worship him. When we enter into worship, all the walls come down and we open ourselves to receive the impouring of God's love. Worship is critical. Worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him. Your soul, when you worship, when you abandon yourself in worship, your soul will receive the presence of God. He's with you, but you open up your soul to receive, to be saturated in the love and the presence of God. It helps you focus on his beauty. It helps you focus on his magnificence rather than whatever you think the issue might be. And that's what's really going to solve things, is focusing on his beauty, his magnificence, his, his 
whatever. Greatness. He loved each and every one of us so much that he sent Christ as a demonstration of that love. So think about that. So Lord, we just worship you. We praise you. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. When we worship him, we move into that experience of his love, of moving in his love. His love is healing, okay? His love heals. When you receive the love of God, you no longer need the approval of men. Really think about it. I'm not just saying that. It's really a sad thing that people walk around competing and, and, and thinking about, you know, what people think about them, um, what is so-and-so thinking about what I did or what I said? See, we, that's all just garbage in our heads. You know, when we receive God's love, we don't need the approval of men because when we really understand how much he loves us, <laughs> we see that we are worthy. We are approved. You're already approved through the blood. You've accepted Christ. You know, they didn't like this. They didn't like what I did. What, do you, what, is, what, are, what are they thinking about me now? What are they thinking about me? Why didn't I get invited to that party? Why didn't I get invited to that luncheon? Do you see those thoughts? When you understand how much God loves you, your, your brain doesn't even go there. You don't need that. You don't need the approval of others. You know, when, when our kids would suffer some of that when they were little, you know, when kids are young, they go through a lot of those types of issues. And we would always just say to them, you are not the one that they're rejecting. First of all, it doesn't even matter whether they're rejecting you or not. That's kind of their problem. You know, that's unforgiveness or offense or whatever on their part. But unless you really, like, unless you did something wrong to them, okay, but in general. So we would always say to our kids, that's not even personal. They're rejecting the Holy Spirit in you. Do you get that? It's not even a personal thing. There's a Holy Spirit in you, and, they, and, and that's what's being rejected, so you don't need to take that personally. Okay. Do you all get that, though? So when we truly understand the love of God, we no longer have to fish all over the place for approval, for what people are thinking. Are, are other people going to validate us? Um, having our needs met, having our wounds healed. We, we, we don't need to fish around for that for, from people. His love frees us from that whole mentality. Okay? We're stable. We're stable on a foundation of Jesus and the love of God that we know. You will worship him rather than the resources. You will worship him rather than the striving to get answers. You will worship him rather than the accolades that you can receive or the provision that you can receive and rather than all these other things that the world has to offer us. Rather than those 
whom you think can give you the answers. Have you ever worshipped someone who you think they're going to have the answer? They have the answer all the time. They have the answer. Well, that's idolatry. You just put that person in place of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay, next is communion with the Holy Spirit. Communion with Holy Spirit. God designed us to walk in communion with him continually. Continually. Unbroken. Adam and Eve walked with God continually. In his presence, in the Garden of Eden, until they chose disobedience. Until they lost communion. That was not God's design. God did not walk away. They chose to walk away. That didn't mean he didn't love them. That didn't mean he didn't have grace for them. You see what I'm saying? They chose to walk away to leave his abiding presence. He, he's not the one who shut that door. They walked away. God did not leave them. Today, we as believers, we have Holy Spirit. Every born-again believer receives the Holy Spirit to counsel, to teach, to comfort. And we have the Holy Spirit so that we can walk continually in God's presence. Your Holy, the Holy Spirit in you. God communes spirit to spirit with us. So here's the key, beloved. Here's the key. We have to let Holy Spirit out of prison. We have to let Holy Spirit out of prison. We must see Holy Spirit as our best friend here on the earth. Here on the earth. Our best friend. Jesus sent him. Right? So he is to be our friend here on the earth. In the Old Testament, Joseph, Joseph, symbolized Holy Spirit to Pharaoh. Okay? In the Old Testament, Joseph symbolized Holy Spirit to Pharaoh. He was the answer. He brought the answer to Pharaoh's nightmare, to Pharaoh's bad dreams, right? But he was in prison, so could Pharaoh hear him? Did Pharaoh, was Pharaoh giving him access to his life? No. So we have to let the Holy Spirit out of prison. When Pharaoh let Jesus out of prison, the answer to his tribulations came, right? He interpreted the dreams, he said all this stuff, and what happened? The entire nation turned around. The entire welfare of the nation changed. It changed the entire world. It changed the nation. It changed the king's life. It changed the nation. It changed the world. Because Holy Spirit, what symbolized Holy Spirit, was let out of prison. So we have to let the Holy Spirit out of prison and keep, not keep him locked away. 
when we let him out of prison and we give him freedom, give Holy Spirit freedom to move in our lives, to come into communion. He's always, is he always speaking? Is Holy Spirit always speaking? He's always speaking. But are we hearing? Are we heeding? Okay? That's really what it comes down to. So when we let him out of the box and offer, you know, communion with him, allow communion with him, the answers come. The peace comes. The wisdom comes. The power comes. We walk in that authority. We walk in an anointing that God intended us to walk in. Holy Spirit is, he's always talking, he's always helping, but if we keep him locked away and we we don't hear what he says down in that prison cell, you know, he speaks to us in a very gentle, quiet, very gentle, quiet voice, an inner voice. And we have to become intimate with that inner voice. We have to become intimate with hearing and heeding him. We develop that intimacy by drawing nigh to him, by acknowledging him, okay? We, we, we hear him, we listen, we develop intimacy. He's always here, but sometimes we just gotta be quiet. We gotta be quiet, you gotta be quiet. You gotta slow down. I'm serious. You've really got to slow down. All this aggressive striving just <laughs> blocks him out. We have got to hear his, we, he gives us his voice of wisdom. In Isaiah 30, 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. That's a guarantee that we all have as believers. So we need to be willing to back up, to back off, to sit in quietness, sometimes to receive that wisdom, just to receive peace, instead of the franticness that the world has to offer us all the time. We need to quit being moved by that franticness, that, that, you know, that solid, go-forward, running pace. That unsettles our spirit. The minute your spirit is unsettled, you need to stop. You just need to stop. If you feel, because God only speaks to us in ways of peace. So if there's an unsettledness, you just got to stop. One of the greatest things, which I depend on my husband for, and I'm so thankful that he's led our family this way, is he says, if someone comes to me and says, if you don't do it now, you're going to lose, he goes, okay, fine. Because probably what you have to offer, I'm not losing anyway, because I am not going to be pushed into frantic mode. I'm not going to be pushed thinking that all of a sudden I'm going to miss out. Because, you know, God doesn't talk to us that way. God would never say to you, if you don't do this, you're going to miss out. I mean, think about what trash that is. He doesn't even have a heart to make you miss out. You see what I'm saying? He doesn't talk to us like that in, in, in negative. He says, do this 
How about this? Here's the way I want you to walk, and here's the blessing. Do you see, do you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you guys? So anyway, that's a, that's a good lesson that we can all live by. So we need to be willing to slow down. The world is, will always be shouting at you. The Holy Spirit does not shout. The Holy Spirit is a still, small voice speaking in ways of peace. The Holy Spirit is the very breath of God. Do you normally hear breath? In, in your daily life, when you're walking around breathing, are you, are you cognizant of, your, of the sound of your breath? Do you see how quiet breath is? Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And we have to draw near and welcome him. We have to recognize what he's saying. And the more that we are in the word, it's a good thing to do every day. <laughs> because Holy Spirit is what? Holy Spirit is the testimony of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the word, right? So the more we read this word, the more we recognize what Holy Spirit is saying, the more sensitive we become, and we can tell deception when it comes, right? His voice agrees with the word. Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use of this will train you to discern good from evil, to tell the difference. Holy Spirit will always show you the difference between good and evil, blessing and cursing. All right? So we train ourselves to distinguish good from evil and hear the Holy Spirit by constant use, feeding continually on the word of God. The word is alive, okay? That, those aren't just words. These, these, these are not, this, this isn't just something black and white that I see here on my page. This is life. Their spirit, the Holy Spirit, reveals the life of the word to you. The, the, the scripture tells you that this is living. It's a living word because is Jesus dead? No. He's alive. His word is alive. It's a life-giving force. It's a living force. So the more we meditate on the word... When we do that, Holy Spirit is breathing life into us. When we meditate and we, we ask the Holy Spirit for revelation, he breathes the very life of God. He breathes the life of the word. He breathes the life, the breath of God into our spirits and into our lives, giving us revelation of what the word means, giving us revelation of its strength, giving us revelation of its power, giving us revelation of God's love, giving us revelation of its grace, giving us revelation of the healing that is in it. Right? 
How can we do without this? How could we ever want to do without this? So then, when we hear, we actually have to heed. We have to hear, and then we have to heed. We have to heed the Holy Spirit. If we don't heed, when, when the Holy Spirit speaks, we harden our own hearts. Right? That's not God doing that. When we turn the other way, or, or we don't listen, or we say, no, I'm going to do it my way, we end up with a bunch of trouble, and it har- we harden our hearts. And then, and then when we want to hear again, it, it's that much harder. Not that he makes it hard, okay? I'm not saying, you understand where I'm, what I mean by that, right? So we want our hearts to remain soft. We want our hearts to remain pliable. So that when we, and when we hear him speaking, that we will just, like, follow his stream. So when he speaks, we just jump into the river with the Holy Spirit, as long as it's consistent with the word, right? His voice is always speaking the best of God, the best, not plan B, not second best, not a little dabble do ya, right? It's always speaking, Holy Spirit's always speaking the best of God. Holy Spirit's always speaking the beauty of God. Holy Spirit's always speaking the ultimate plans and the ultimate purpose of God. Holy Spirit's always speaking the divine nature of God. His voice is always bringing us, always bringing us into ultimate beauty. Beyond the commonplace into the divine of God. So prayer and worship bring us into intimacy with Holy Spirit, meditating the word, intimacy. Prayer and worship take our eyes off of that prison life, right? Take our eyes off of that prison life and opens the door to divine life. That's where you're intended to walk. Divine life. Worship focuses our hearts on the higher things, on the greater things of God, and it allows us to dream what the Father dreams for us. It allows you and allows me to come into agreement with the dreams that God has for us. Isn't that a beautiful thought? His dreams for you are so much greater than what we've ever imagined. So much goodness, so much beauty. So, we're all going to do something together. Don't get scared. It's easy. We've just talked about three things, right? Three very important aspects of our Christian walk. Okay, what were they? Grace, love of God, communion. Now, who in this room can tell me that you have a total, perfect, unwavering understanding of all three of those? But how many of you can say that you want to learn more? You want to walk in it more? How many can say that I've learned something new about these today? And I want that for my life. Okay. 
So we're all receptive. We're all going to be really, 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 really good receivers. Do you know that God just wants you to receive all of his goodness? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through each one of these. And you're just going to take a few moments. And you're going to sit there. And you're going to receive. You're going to receive. You know, some people have a hard time receiving because they think they're, like, not worthy or something, but he wants you to receive. When you truly receive this, you're glorifying God because it, his plans get to be worked out in you that way. All right? So here we go. Grace. Those who are always feeling, or I shouldn't say always, but often or sometimes, feeling unworthy, like you don't measure up, you don't deserve God's goodness, you cannot receive his blessings because of, of how you've messed up, you don't really see yourself as beautiful. Okay? You don't see yourself as beautiful in, in his sight. Let me give you a word for that before we go any further. And we studied this in Song of Songs or Song of Solomon a couple weeks back, 4-7. It said, you are all together. This is God. This is how God sees you. You are all together beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Okay? Got that? Okay. So, if you feel that you've goofed up too many times and that you really do not see your value, we're just going to receive God's grace. I thank you, Lord, for your grace for me. You have grace for me. You see me as beautiful. You see me as the ultimate in beauty. I thank you, Lord. Thank you. I receive that you see me as the ultimate in beauty, that you see me as a person that you created that has virtues far exceedingly beyond the common. Lord, I run to you, and I receive your grace today. I allow your grace to fill me up. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. Now, for those of you, am I going too fast? You know, you, sh you can do this at home, too. For those of you who, the love, okay, the love. And I would say, honestly, that each one of these is every for every single person. There's some place that you need this. So for the love, those who are always trying to fill this emptiness in, in your soul, like the hole in the soul that I was talking about, with other things, trying to satisfy this emptiness that feels yucky, trying to fill it with money or trying to fill it with prestige or, you know, that person over there makes a lot more than I do, so, so they're better or they're worthy or they're more important. Um, and not truly recognizing what God's given us. But anyway, money, prestige, drugs, 
human love, human adoration, human notoriety, okay? Those sorts of things. Um, We're going to receive God's love because it's the only antidote. It is the only antidote to that longing in your soul that constant feel to need to strive to make yourself worthy by all these other things to add unto your lives. Not that he hasn't given us all things to enjoy. I'm not saying that, okay? But it's, it's a matter of place that they take in our lives. So his own, the only antidote for that hunger is knowing God's love for you. That's the only antidote. So we're going to receive God's love. Lord, I receive your pure love for me. I hope y'all are saying this, you know, in your spirits or out loud, however you want to do it. I receive your love for me. I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that no matter what I do, you'll never stop loving me that you always love me no matter what. I can't do anything to keep you from loving me. You love me with depth and width and length and breadth. You love me completely, unreservedly, unconditionally. And I just thank you. I allow your love right now to saturate me to drip like honey, like sweet oil over my soul and in my soul, over my mind, through my mind. I allow your love to saturate me in every aspect of my being. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. And now for communion with the Holy Spirit. Those of you who always, or sometimes, pardon my words, feel like you can't find the answer, like you're never getting the right answer, like you're never hearing right, you're, you're not moving in the right direction, you don't have the proper timing, um, you're uh, missing it somehow. You're missing it somehow. You know what? God is bigger than what you think you're missing. You have this feeling of isolation or you have this feeling of loneliness or difficult times and relationships. You know, like you just don't fit in. Well, sometimes it's really, 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 really great that you don't fit in. Really, 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 really great that you don't fit in. (coughs) Every born-again believer has the Holy Spirit and is meant for complete, intimate communion. So right now, we're just going to welcome Holy Spirit. We're going to understand that we have communion with the third person of the Trinity, God, 
You have communion. You have been able to walk behind the veil. You are in communion by the Holy Spirit with your Father. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I receive. I walk into communion with you. I thank you that you have come to be with me, to show me, to guide me, to help me, to counsel me. And I just welcome you. And I thank you that you do not turn me away. You welcome me. You beckon me into communion with you. And I thank you for that gift. I thank you for being my best friend here on the earth. Thank you that you're always showing me the grace, the love, the mercy, the loving kindness, the goodness of God. Thank you that you're always speaking to you, and I hear you. I get to hear you. I get to listen to your voice. Because you have come to have communion with me so that I can walk with you and the Father in the garden, in sweet fellowship, in the coolness of the day, in the beauty of the night. Thank you for your communion with me. I receive it in Jesus' name. So that's what the Lord had for us today. And we're going to all go have fun together and fellowship together. Next Sunday, after church, Immediately after church, we're going to have a church meeting. Okay? Just letting y'all know that. All right. We're going to take communion, and we're going to receive tithes and offerings. So if anyone doesn't have communion,